Welcome to Next Up, a Mid-Century Homes production, where we highlight the people, the places, and the work of folks that are making an impact in the world of mid-century design and architecture. And when we're not conducting interviews for this podcast, we're making mid-century dreams come true in Boise, Idaho. You can find out more about the work that we do online at mid-centuryhomes.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Boise Mid-Century Homes. On today's episode, we have Dane Kialoha. Dane is a realtor and mid-century enthusiast who lives and does business in both Portland and Palm Springs. We will learn more about the twists and turns of his life that led him to this place and find out how Modernism Week inspired his interest in purchasing a home in Palm Springs and what bold statement he decided to make while renovating their home there. This is what life looks like post leaving his ad agency job eating three meals a day at his desk. But before we get Dane on the phone, here's a quick word from our sponsor. All right, Dane. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Looking forward to spending some time with you here and getting some questions answered from you. The very first question I have for you, if someone authored a Wikipedia page on behalf of you, tell me what they would quickly find out about who you are. (laughs) Well, this was kind of an interesting question too. And thanks for having me, TJ. Um, yeah. So I think my Wikipedia page would say uh, I'm a realtor, husband, uh, dad to a energetic chocolate lab named Larry, uh, and uh, just overall a lover of design, good design. And if I clicked on the bio that said, where are you and what are you doing? What would that tell me? Well, uh Right this moment, I'm in my condo in downtown Portland, uh, which was built in 1975, kind of a funky design. But, um, you know, in general, I am a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and also recently now also a realtor in Palm Springs, California. Um, awesome. And on our previous call, um, you'd informed me you've been living the realtor life now for about five years. Is that right? Yep. Yep. And uh, and. And so my, um, my husband, Chris, has been in it for uh, about, I think, 11 or 12 years and kind of got me into this industry. And um, yeah, so five years later, um, you know, we're kind of expanding to our other home uh, in Palm Springs and going to do um, real estate in both places. Awesome. And a little bit later on, I want to talk to you more about your home in Palm Springs. But before we go there, uh, tell me where you grew up. So I was born in Hawaii. Uh, my last name, Kalo, I will tell most people that, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we moved to Oregon when I was I, about two. Um, so I grew up primarily just around Portland, but um, mostly in St. Helens, Oregon, which is not necessarily related to the volcano of St. Helens, even though that is you know, pretty close. Uh, mm-hmm. But just kind of a small town just north of Portland, about 30 minutes. And did you live there most of your life? Um, all the way from, I think, second grade through high school. Um, okay. Yeah. And my parents are still out there. Yeah. And then uh, post high school, did you go to college? Yeah. So I stayed kind of local. I went to uh, Pacific University in Forest Grove, um, Forest Grove, Oregon, and uh, majored in accounting, which was not really maybe the best 
fit for me <laughs> with good knowledge to have but not a profession I necessarily wanted to be in um, and then later on uh, went to interior design school for a little bit um, and then also went back to business school and got my MBA um, at Willamette University in Portland. Okay. So your MBA was from a different college than the one that you originally attended? Yeah. And Willamette University is based in Salem, but they have a professional, you know, for people who are working full time to do kind of night classes in Portland. So um, where I was working at the time, um, it was right across the street and they, you know, encouraged me to go and um, helped out to pay for that. So it was kind of the perfect opportunity. Yeah. So a couple different um, pursuits or areas of interest through your college career. Yeah. If your college self was talking to your current self, what would your college self tell you? (laughs) A lot of things, but (laughs) Um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, I would tell myself uh, now back then, you know, it's okay to not have it all figured out. Um, yeah. And, you know, the path that you think that you're going to pursue, um, obviously, is is going to be a windy path. And it's not a direct path to to your profession um, or, right. or what you love. So, you know, I've kind of made a windy path, but it's led me to something I love to do. And um, and yeah, so I, I wouldn't change anything about it because I learned a lot along the way. But I think right. if I could tell myself not to stress out about figuring it out, that would be, <laughs> that would be the lesson I want to teach myself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the journey that gets you there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, are you arrived now? Are there any future iterations of yourself, <laughs> or do you feel like this is where you're supposed to be for a while? Yeah, I, you know, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, and I think yeah. um, I think that if I if I if it this leads me to something else, it's probably going to be related to what I'm doing. Um, I love houses uh, and spaces. And so, um, you know, working in another market is going to be interesting. Um, but, you know, we've also remodeled a couple houses. Um, and so, you know, if I do anything in addition to real estate, I'd probably, you know, there's probably some future remodel projects that will happen. Um, yeah. And just because it's addicting and I love to do that, too. Uh, right. But, you know, I, I think we'll see where this takes me. Right. How did you get into this line of work? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, let's see. I guess I started out at an ad agency in Portland called Biden and Kennedy. Um, and I uh, was in advertising for six years and it was fun and exciting. And I traveled all over the world and was around a lot of interesting creative people um you know and and was really blessed to have that experience of working with different creatives from writers and graphic designers and um Mm -hmm. stuff like that um and although it was fun um you know i was ended my career like if i wasn't on a plane i was eating three meals a day at my desk um and uh, and probably drinking more than i should have (laughs) <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the, the Mad Men world is not too far off from reality. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, I was burnt out. And at the time, uh, my husband, Chris, who was already in real estate, um, he needed some help. His business was busy and his assistant had left. And uh, so it was the perfect time for me to kind of 
get out of advertising and, and uh, join him in real estate. And, um, you know, I was lucky to sort of have him built in to sort of teach me the ropes, you know, as I was getting yeah. started. Um, right. And so it, it was the perfect opportunity. Yeah. And, and for five years now, I'm curious, when you first started, what was your business plan? What, what were you entertaining in terms of, you know, how to get into the market? Where was your focus going to be? Because it's obvious now, five years later, that a big part of what you're focusing on is the mid-century architecture yeah. um, or interesting architecture in the Portland area, obviously in a Palm Springs market, it's going to be the greater majority of what you're focusing on. But yeah. was that the plan from the beginning? Um, it was always something that I personally was interested in. Um, and, and we at the time had lived in a, a 1959 Roman brick ranch uh, with, you know, the basement bar and everything out in um, East Portland. And so it was just something that I personally was interested in. And I knew that um, because I had come from a creative industry before in advertising, you know, a lot of those same people just naturally are attracted to interesting totally. design and specifically yep. mid-century. So, right. um, you know, whether or not I planned it that way, uh, it, it just sort of naturally led that way because that's who my buyers um, initially tended to be. Um, right. And then also just, you know, the types of houses I personally was interested in. Um, and so, you know, I, I would love to say that it was a planned strategic thing, <laughs> but, um, you know, but it just kind of happened organically and, 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 uh, the Palm Springs thing sort of happened organically a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that it all kind of led me here. I think that was the exact word I was going to use because a lot of people get into our industry, not being connected to a profession, like you just mentioned, yeah that leads them to all different eras and styles of architecture, which I would guess like both uh, yourself and myself might not be very interesting. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like, I, I do work with clients on all styles of houses and condos and vacant land. And, you know, I work with a builder who does new construction, although he does a bit of modern stuff, which is fun too. Um, and so, you know, but I'm, but I'm always more excited to be working on a, with a client who wants mid-century. Um, and, but, you know, I try to bring that enthusiasm to everybody, even though, uh, you know, everybody knows personally, I'm, I'm going to be more interested in, in mid-century. So, yeah. And I think that's what we found. And honestly, what we wanted to create when we jumped into the industry was we wanted what our personal passion was yeah. to be you know, executed upon or requested of on a daily basis. Because, yeah. you know, in, in the world of advertising and sales and um, those industries that you've been a part of, you know what it's like trying to sell something that you don't love. Right. That's not fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> so and even if it is a product that's outside of your mid-century, you know, preference or wheelhouse, I would expect kind of like we do as you know, if it's beautiful, gorgeous architecture, right. which definitely is a subjective thing, yeah. but at least if it's following the similar principles of what we're in love with in the world of mid-century architecture, yeah. it, that's where we can transfer those skills to help people that, that don't land in a property built in the 50s and 60s. We really don't do much of it. 
but I can imagine that of the business that you do, that it's probably similar in that you're chasing gorgeous architecture. Right. And yeah, and, I mean, and a good example of that is, you know, recently I, I sold a house that was built in 1907. Um, and, and I was still, you know, excited about the house because it had interesting history and, you know, yeah. uh, great details and trim and the way the porch was oriented and all that. Um, and so I, can still appreciate beautiful design and something that somebody clearly put a lot of thought and effort into. Um, and you know, it's the, it's the architecture that doesn't have much thought (laughs) or, or Mm -hmm. care that uh, is less exciting for me, but, um, agreed. Yeah. But you know, of your business in Portland, how much of it would you say is around the, the mid century inventory? Um, I'd say probably a quarter to a third of okay. our business. Um, yeah. and some years, some years it's half, uh, you know, it okay. just kind of depends and, um, you know, what clients we have at that time, uh, right. and also what inventory is available. But, um, you know, like we've seen a shift in Portland where initially when I started, a lot of people were wanting to buy homes in the inner East side, close in walking distance restaurants and a lot of that is a hundred years old. So mm-hmm. it's craftsman bungalows uh, right. with the occasional, you know, fifties infill, you know, yep. every now and then, but now That's exactly what Boise is. Yeah. And now a lot of people have moved um, or are more interested in the West side of town, which was developed a lot in the fifties and sixties. Um, right. And so lately, you know, we've been seeing more and more of our clients looking out there into those types of houses and you know maybe you have to drive a bit to get to the restaurant you want to go to but it's still close and um you get you know a great house you know on a larger lot and um yeah so it kind of goes with how the market is going you know here right and i'm guessing that it also has a lot to do with affordability right yeah that too and and definitely the inner east side here in portland has gotten i mean portland in general has gotten more expensive but um, some of the neighborhoods that do have the mid-century homes that are sort of on the next, you know, perimeter after that, um, a little bit further out, um, are still affordable, especially East Portland, where we used to live. Um, you know, you can still get a great mid-century house, you know, and, and, and be half the price of what something on the Inner East Side would be. So. Right. And I think for a lot of people listening, it's it's funny. We talk about affordability, and it's also relative, right, right. based on the markets that we're in and that yeah. we're used to. Yeah. What does affordable mean in your market? You know, um, I think that affordable in Portland now, um, close in, is probably, you know, if you're lucky, just under 400000 or maybe three fifty for something that needs a little bit of work. Um, but more likely, uh, between four and 500,000, um, and, you know, for a, for a detached single family home. Um, and you know, the prices here have, have, and I think that that's about still our average price in proper Portland is around that. Um, but we definitely have things, you know, much higher now. Uh, Right. So, Yeah. And that's, and these are stats and this is the case for the market in June of 2019. Right. Yeah. (laughs) As all of our markets have and will continue to significantly change. So yeah. anyway, um, 
Well, it's no surprise to me that um, you're continuing to invest more into the era of architecture that you're so passionate about. Um, when you buy a home in Palm Springs that's of that era <laughs> yeah. and has a lot of those characteristics and features and lifestyle components that is your personal preference. Right. You know, as you in, start investing in more of those things, I think, you know, the world follows, you know, the, the world's opportunities follow that with whatever we're investing in. Yeah, so, sure. And then, and then your home shows up on uh, the front cover of Atomic Ranch magazine. Yeah. Well, that was, a, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool surprise. And, you know, we, we actually, there was a different house on the front cover, but um, but we did have, I think, Oh, your, your home didn't make it on the front. No, cover. sadly we weren't on the, cover, yeah, yeah. You, you, you had a big spread on the inside of the, we magazine. did. And uh, that's right. They actually gave us the, the table of contents page had a, our house and the very last page had our house. And then there was an eight page spread in the middle. That's right. Um, which was amazing and gorgeous. Yeah. And they, you know, to open up the middle of the, magazine and have a double page spread with our house across the middle was, was right. pretty special so absolutely and uh and just so you know um i'm in the middle of creating a vision board and guess what's on my vision board <laughs> clippings from that <laughs> your home oh, great <laughs> well you know I, obviously i'm not you know that the idea and the context of the vision board is not the very specific, but the idea of sure. And uh, obviously, you know, your, your home was very inspiring to me and a lot of the things that you've done to it. In fact, one of the features I'm hoping you'll talk a little bit about, um, tell me a little bit about the story of you getting the home and then tell me a little bit about the process of, of doing renovations and, and make sure to specifically address um, your yellow shadow block yeah. in the front of the house, which is such a bold statement it is that bold. I love. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's part of what I love about Palm Springs is it, it's sort of that place allows you to be bold. Um, yep. You know, whereas in, in the Northwest, you know, we kind of tend to stick with our gray with black trim and maybe a colorful door. Um, but there, you know, people have done some crazy things and it, but made it look great. And right. so we just decided to go for it. Um, but so we found, um, we had been, uh, vacationing in Palm Springs, uh, for several years and, and had gone to modernism week for many years in a row. And, um, and modernism week, I think is really what solidified my love for Palm Springs. Um, yeah. you know, getting to go inside of these amazing houses um, and, and hear the story about it and see what everybody has done to either preserve it or update it thoughtfully, you know, or, or both. And, uh, and so when we first started looking for a place, um, I, I knew I wanted mid-century and, um, and I knew some of the history of different neighborhoods. And uh, I had a friend who had rented a house in the Racquet Club Estates, uh, which is kind of on the north end of town. Uh, was uh, designed by uh, William Kreisel and mm -hmm. built by the Alexander Construction Company, which did several, um, several, several neighborhoods um, yeah. around Palm Springs. And, um, and so I just love the clean post and beam, clear story windows, you know, they're nice size lot with the pool, several homes have views. And we looked at a lot of homes around there. Uh, but when we found ours, it was um, a half-finished flip. Um, 
Okay. And so I think the flippers had run out of money. And yeah. so luckily they had completed a lot of the good stuff, like the plumbing and electrical and, you know, kitchens and baths that were new, but, um, you know, tastefully done, maybe a little bland, uh, but, uh, but, you know, nice. And, um, but then they didn't do the entryway was just gravel. Uh, there was no walkway. All the plants had been dead, pretty much died except for the palm trees. Uh, and, you know, so it was just kind of a mess on the outside. And, yeah. um, so that was the perfect opportunity for us to like start, you know, I love landscaping and gardening. Um, and yeah. especially desert plants are really interesting to me. Uh -huh. um, so that was the perfect opportunity for us to be able to work with a blank slate, kind of finish what wasn't finished and then try to add back some personality that had been, you know, removed by the flippers. Uh, right. Um, and, you know, so we we started with basically a white box and, um, you know, I've slowly tried to add back some wood and, um, you know, some warmer tones and uh, bring back some of the design elements that probably would have been there originally. Okay. Um, and we still have some stuff on our list, but um, but then the yellow wall, um, if you if you look at that issue, which is a spring 2019 issue, if anybody has it. Um, yeah. The yellow wall came to be because um, the front bed, the, there's two guest bedrooms that face the street. And, you know, it's kind of the house. It's pretty far back from the street, but it was a little weird to just look out your window at the street. And so right. I wanted to create some privacy, but also maybe break up a bit of the white wall that was in front of the house. Um, and so uh, the shadow block pattern that we chose was actually a pattern that Chrysler had used in other developments of his. Um, Canyon View Estates is a, is a right. condo development on the south end of town that has a bunch yep. of different shadow block patterns. And um, this diamond shaped pattern uh, was something he used there and is also um, in other condo complex um, in Palm Desert that he did, um, I think also has a similar pattern. So yeah. even though it wasn't original to the house, I felt good about using something that I knew the architect had used in other places around town. And I right. felt like, you know, at least it's a, it's still an homage to, to Chrysler's design elsewhere. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, process it took i think three months to get that wall built because um <laughs> the, the block producer was delayed there they had the wettest december on record <laughs> that year and so all the footings had caved in and they had to redo everything um, oh no and then um and then was permitting process with the city took a long time but you know in the end it was worth it and um that year uh I had uh, done some research on some colors and I, I, I just like yellow. And so yeah. uh, Dunn Edwards is a, is a paint company down there that, that does a lot of great colors and they have a, a specific line for mid century. Um, and um, this color I think was chickadee. Um, and I tried several different yellows, but this was the winner. And uh, yes, yeah, so we just went for it. And um, you know, it kind of, became the focal point of our house and it's nice because when i yeah. tell people where we are i just say well look for the yellow wall you know and <laughs> you can't miss it so no yeah. <laughs> yeah and and you solved one of the greatest concerns that you had which my client refers to as this 
you know, when a home is out there and so out in the open, it's like the house that's uh, the man who got caught with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and, so you helped your home pull its pants up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, some, some, an expensive yellow pair of pants. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny when she yes. told me that, but yeah. Anyway, and then uh, and then obviously in the uh, spread there, um, you're highlighting the vehicle in the parking yeah. lot. Tell me a little bit about that. What's that? Yeah, so um, we have a 1974 Mercedes 450SL convertible, uh, which is a it's a slightly different shade of yellow, um, and we found that randomly um, in Port well in Albany, Oregon, south of Portland. Um, and on Craigslist and, um, you know, it, it ran and it, you know, still worked, but needed some love. The seats were, you know, falling apart and, uh, the soft top, I think had some rips in it. So it's been, you know, when we're not remodeling our house, we're <laughs> remodeling this car, <laughs> um, which I don't think has quite the same return on investment, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's fun and it's, it's fun to have in Palm Springs and, you know, right. uh, there's, there's a, actually quite a community of, of, um, Mercedes SL owners there. And uh, we were lucky to find a mechanic who almost solely works on those cars. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's cool. about a mile from our house in Palm Springs. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm assuming having a convertible there is not a bad place. No, it's, <laughs> you know, in the summer, it's a little too hot to be yeah. in a convertible. But, uh, right. but, you know, when the sun goes down and you're going to dinner, and yep. it's, you know, dark out, but it's still 90 degrees and you put the top down, it's, it's pretty magical. Right. Yeah. Uh, where do you think your love for all things mid-century uh, came to be? You know, it's it's hard to pinpoint where, but uh, I I think I might um, owe that to where I grew up. Um, okay. So my parents' house in St. Helens is actually an A-frame, and um, and I don't know ex- exactly when it was built, but I would guess late '60s, maybe early '70s. Um, and so it's, you know, the classic A-frame shape and, you know, with the big windows all in the living room and, uh, you know, the exposed beams and tongue and groove ceiling. And, um, and so I, I, I'm sure growing up in something like that, where, where the walls are all at an angle, um, and the beams are all exposed, you know, that, that probably did something, you know, to influence my personal taste. And, and I think, now I am a little obsessed with like the next thing would that I would love to get someday is like a little a frame <laughs> up on the mountain somewhere. Yep. Um, so I'm sure it's like embedded in my psyche somewhere that that's where that all came from. Right. Is that a bucket list item? I think so. Um, yeah. you know, and, and although, uh, you know, the more houses you get, the more maintenance there is. <laughs> But a little, a little one or two bedroom A frame, you know, with a loft upstairs, you know, right. So, yeah, I hear you. It's uh, like a lot of us as enthusiasts, you get caught on a particular idea that you're in love with. You got to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. Well, and it's (laughs) especially being a realtor, you know, it's hard when you see beautiful houses all the time and. 
right and then you start to your wheels start to spin about if if that could be the next thing <laughs> yeah yeah so, totally yeah. is is chris just as into mid-century as you are well oh okay <laughs> but so uh, he so he helped convert you on the realtor side and you've provided the conversion of appreciation for mid-century i think so and yeah and initially he was much more of a craftsman bungalow person okay and and i was probably much more of a a glass and concrete box minimalist type of person and i think mid-century really is the perfect happy medium of those two right um where it is about craftsmanship and wood and you know showing off the the structure of a post and beam house um but it is clean lines and open so um that kind of works for both of us we we both get a little bit of something in a mid-century home that that come from each of our tastes i think yeah absolutely um, is there a particular home or mid-century experience that you've had that is on the top of the list? One that you won't ever forget? Yeah. Uh, so in, in Palm Springs, um, Southridge is a gated street that goes up to the top where Bob Hope's house is at the very top of the hill. And if wherever you are in Palm Springs, you can kind of see Bob Hope's, you know, um, sort of flying saucer looking thing at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And it was always a bit of a dream to go up there. And uh, a friend of ours bought the house next door to Bob Hope. Okay. Um, and they're currently remodeling it. And it's uh, Buff and Hensman was the architect. Um, I think it's, it's from the mid seventies. And um, so the first time I got to go up there, uh, I was in our Mercedes and with the top down and it was late, but about 80 degrees out still. And the gates opened and, you know, you're driving past, you know, John Lautner's house that was in James Bond, you're driving past, yeah. uh, you know, other Hugh Capture homes that are post and beam um, uh, and other famous people lived up there. And so it was, it was just sort of a magical experience to be driving with the top down on a warm evening with these beautiful homes lit up. Uh-huh. At night. And I, I'll, I will never forget that feeling of like, Oh my gosh, this is the ultimate you've arrived real estate yeah yeah i haven't arrived but my friends have (laughs) but i can visit so that's okay it was an experience that you hadn't previously had you're like my life circumstances have equaled this drive which is gorgeous yeah and my my friend that was in the car with me when we drove through the gates i told him i said you know, don't make fun of me if I start crying because this is like the ultimate. <laughs> of... <laughs> and you have not been in the house before, correct? No, and and that's no, I haven't yet. And do I understand there's actually a big renovation project going on right now? There is, and and yeah, there was just an article in the LA Times um, about it, and um, I think it's one of the founders of Whole Foods who owns it now. Okay. Um, and so, and he's remodeled other homes on that street. Um, and I, I think he's a bit of a John Lautner home collector. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, and so I think he'll do a great job. And I, I've, I've heard that, you know, they're sort of um, tearing off some things that were added along the way and okay. sort of bringing it back to what the original vision was. Yeah, that's um, cool. So it's going to be, I, I've already told my friend who's a neighbor, you know, please let me know if there's an opportunity to come up um, and see that because uh, his contractor that he's going to work with is I believe the same contractor working on the Bob Hope house. Okay. Um, so he's got a bit of a, I think they've been in it already. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah that's that's definitely on my bucket list yeah be able to go through that house right yeah that would be cool yeah well awesome uh we've covered a lot i've got one more question for you before we end sure. um in this world that we all um you know get swooned over regularly and and surrounding ourselves with creatives of the world that love this era of architecture as well i find it interesting just to know you know what is your musical preference who is on your current (laughs) playlist yeah well um so i've been listening a lot to this band uh called krongbin okay um, and i never know quite how it's supposed to be pronounced um but it's k-h-r-u-a n-g-b-i-n and it's uh, a bass player a guitar player and a drummer and there's no vocals in most of their songs (laughs) which is interesting but yeah um, you know i went to their show in portland at the crystal ballroom not long ago and it was completely sold out and packed um and it's just kind of good acoustic music it's great to listen to while you're in the pool it's uh it's actually great music for an open house yeah (laughs) so i i often play that at an open house and um yeah it's just like good chill music and i think it sort of goes with the era a bit um and uh and it's it's kind of a also a great palm springs sort of playlist of their yeah. their stuff so that's cool yeah well hey uh let's end on this um if anybody's in the portland or palm springs area where's the best place for them to find or connect with you sure well i'm on instagram uh at selling pdx and also at selling palm springs and then um the websites for both are uh, selling pdx.com and selling palm springs.com awesome very cool well thanks again for your time uh, always fun to learn more about somebody that i've had a you know online connection with over the sure. last couple of years and yeah um fun just to you know get to know people at a deeper level and so it was really enjoyable to hear a lot of you know, what makes you drive and the things that get you excited and what you're currently working on. And yeah, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. And we'll stay tuned for the, you know, next iteration of yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to chat with you. And uh, thank you for putting together this podcast. I think it's awesome that you're bringing together, you know, so many people that have similar interests all over the country. So absolutely. Yeah. Our pleasure. Well, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Till next time on Next Up. Mm-hmm.